0: Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 685 with Jason Harris.
1: And so empathy also in a business is really, really important not to be defensive, to understand what the other person is is trying to to achieve with whatever um, argument that you're having. And you need empathy to be persuasive because you have to be able to humanize and see it from their perspective. It's really, really a critical tool. And um, when you approach things... As that ninety nine point nine percent, we all want the same things. We all are um have the same a similar experience in life. We all want to be, you know, safe, comfortable, have human connection, have relationships. Very similar already as humans. What's that thing that we we are like not seeing eye to eye on? What's that thing, and why would they feel differently? Let me get them to break it down. Let me get them to explain it to me so I can understand it. Instead of um. Just being like, fuck that guy, or being defensive, or they don't get it, or that client's stupid, or this customer sucks and they're wrong. Um, it, it's, that's, that's a way to switch your, your mindset.
0: Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and in today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Margin Edge It is the only restaurant management system to combine automatic invoice processing with POS and accounting integration, improving financial performance, visibility, and efficiency. In other words, with Margin Edge, you can finally run your restaurant without the massive paperwork nightmare. That sounds amazing. And all you have to do is snap a photo of the invoice with your smartphone. Because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you can enjoy up to 50% off your first year. Go to me.marginedge.com slash unstoppable. Everybody loves Payday, am I right? But loving your payroll provider, that's a different story. It's a little weird. Still, small businesses across the country love running payroll with Gusto. Gusto automatically files and pays your taxes. It's super easy to use, and you can add benefits and HR support to help take care of your team and keep your business safe. It's loyal, it's modern, and who knows, you might even fall in love. To learn more, head over to Gusto.com slash Unstoppable and when you run your first payroll, you'll get your first three months free. Again, that's gusto.com slash unstoppable. Ladies and gents, you've got to own your presence online because that's where your first impressions are made. Good thing there is Bento Box because Bento Box empowers restaurants to own their presence, profits, and and relationships directly through their websites to learn more about bento box and how it can empower you through your website. Head over to get slash unstoppable. And because you are a restaurant unstoppable listeners, you'll save 50% off your setup fee. Again, that's get slash unstoppable. What up, Unstoppables? So, I thought I would add a little dialogue to uh, today's conversation Uh, before we hit, you know, start on the actual recording. I wanted to let you guys know that this is an example. I would say this episode and last week's episode is an example of something I want to start doing more of, which is getting outside of the restaurant industry to go to other industries, um, the leading edge of other industries. uh, For today's example, uh, it's going to be ad agencies and how to persuade and sell yourself. Because in the restaurant industry, it's so important to sell yourself. And maybe that sounds kind of dirty, but the truth of the matter is to sell is human. Uh, That's a line from Daniel Pink's book, uh, To Sell is Human. (laughs) The title of his book, I guess I should say. But the idea is we're constantly trying to convince people of whatever it is we're trying to do, whether that's come eat at our restaurant, whether that's come join our team. Um, and the more you know how to persuade others, the better off you're going to be in this industry. And I always say it, behind every great industry is a great person. This, this episode and more episodes like this to come, my mission, my objective with these episodes is to help you become a better person, to help you understand how we function as people and how you function as individual, what's going on in your mind And what we can do to take it, not take advantage, but to, to just, it's like the example I always use is like our minds are like the, the engine in a car, right? When things are tinkering and making noises and we don't know what that thing is, what, how it works, then we can't react properly. But like a car, when you want, learn about how an engine works, then you start to identify what these noises are and you can make the right adjustments. Well, your brain's the same way. Once we understand how we work, once we understand others and ourselves, we can be so much more effective in business. And that's what I'm trying to teach you guys is how we work, how we function. And it's so powerful once you start to see that picture of how everything fits together. And hopefully um, this episode will help you with that. We're going to be discussing this, uh, I think six of the 11 habits that will make you in anyone, a master influencer. So enjoy it. Here it is, Jason Harris, the CEO of Mechanism. And with excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Jason Harris, my man. Jason, are you feeling unstoppable today?
1: I'm feeling unstoppable. <laughs> I am. You know, I think about uh, when I was thinking about the, your title, Unstoppable, I think I, I always feel somewhat unstoppable, but I sort of My nuance on that is, I feel uh, fearless mixed with realistic. Mm. You know, like I also keep in mind that what what can be possible, what's the framework that's possible, but then go after it like in a fearless in a fearless way. I dig
0: it, and I'm feeling unstoppable because I loved your book. Oh Uh, hell yeah! into that, Uh, the the soulful uh, art of persuasion. Let me just read the intro and give the the listeners an idea of who we're talking to. Uh, Jason Harris is the CEO of the award-winning creative agency mechanism and the co-founder of the creative Alliance. Uh, Harris works closely with brands through a blend of soul and science to create proactive campaigns that engage audiences. Today, we're here to talk about your book, the soulful art of persuasion, 11 habits that will make anyone a master influencer. And I'm, I'm feeling unstoppable today because I just love this book so much and I know it's going to help my guests. And we hear all the time on the show um, that, you know, to sell as human, Daniel Daniel Pink said it best. You, you got to sell yourself. You got to. You're only as good as the people you attract onto yourself, and you're yes. not going to attract onto yourself people who are better than you are, right? right? right. So behind every great restaurant's a great person, and we're here today to help my listeners become better people, so they can attract onto themselves the others they need to be successful in life. That's kind of the the angle I'm taking in today's conversation. Love it. Um, but before we dive into the the meat and potatoes of today's chat, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quarter mantra. What do you got for us? Uh something I always, always keep in the back of my mind is
1: uh no growth and comfort.
0: Mm, no growth and comfort. Yeah. Dive into that. And I have
1: that uh written in my book as well. The idea of no growth and comfort is the idea that if if you're comfortable, you stop growing. Yes. If you're content, you've stopped growing. If you're pushing yourself, if you're uncomfortable, if you're scared, if you have a little bit of anxiety, if you're a little bit over your skis. That's when you're growing. Yes. And so and even if you're making hard decisions, whether it be life decisions or, or professional decisions, making those hard decisions is when you grow and yeah. going through those failures and those ups and downs. That's what is all. That's what it's all about. That's where you grow. Yeah. And if you don't have those obstacles, you don't have stories and you're content and you're just,
0: meh. I love that, man. This this quote's coming right after my interview with uh, Nir Ayal, who's another New York author. And uh, that whole book, Indistractable, is what we're talking about. Yeah. And uh, he said, uh, time management is pain management. Because at the end of the day, when we get distracted, we're avoiding discomfort. Because right. we don't like to be uncomfortable. We don't like what we don't know. We avoid things, right? But it's when you push beyond that area of discomfort. Yeah. And you learn that... like." time management is pain management and then you can accomplish anything. It's because you have to manage that pain. You have to right. overcome that pain. So that's a great quote, especially after that interview I just recorded yesterday. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. No uh, growth and comfort. I love it, man. Great yeah. way to get this thing started. So why don't you real quick just tell us a little bit more about who you are and why we should be listening to you. What makes you an authority on today's subject?
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm certainly uh, not an authority on the restaurant industry, <laughs> although um, my I've, I've worked at probably... Eight nine restaurants like as, most as of those right. yeah yeah so I'm very familiar uh, within and I think the innately the the restaurant industry um, helps you learn a lot of what I'm talking about yeah. because you're interacting all day long with the customer in a face to- face fashion it's you're not hiding behind email and text you know you're like face to face hitting that customer like over and over and your interaction and your energy and your vibe is you know half the battle
0: yes yeah, which is one of the reasons why I took this podcast on the road because I yeah. know that people in this industry are hardwired to take care of the people that show up on their doorstep yeah, that's right that's right <laughs> it's
1: uh, it's it's sort of like out of sight out of mind exactly type of thing so I um, I started when I was about 12 or 13 I had a unique uh, story because I most people have sort of a windy path yeah like I heard your story you get a windy path of how you got to where you are uh, when I was 12 or 13 I knew I wanted to own my own advertising agency, which is really f- a fucking weird yeah, For like it's fortunate A, a, too, right? a young kids fortunate. Yeah. But I was, uh, my parents were, uh, both teachers and they were intellectuals and they would be at home reading books all the time and, um, didn't have a lot of experience. They wouldn't go and do things. They were really like bo- bookworms yeah. and homebodies. <laughs> and, um, Great people, I will say, but it's not a bad word, really. but different than yeah. me. Yeah. And I was not that into being a, a bookworm or an intellectual. Yeah. I wanted to like jump off the roof and <laughs> run around and you know, uh, bang, like hit mailboxes with baseball bats and like get into trouble. And I was also a TV junkie, I would watch uh, TV like all the time, and I saw the the Kool Aid Man ads. And the uh the, that one in particular, and then, like, the Lego Ego.
0: Give me your best, oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, the kids would call for Kool-Aid. Hey, Kool-Aid, man. He'd bust through the wall and, like, fuck up the school dance or, like, destroy something that the principal or, yeah. t- or teacher or the parents didn't want him to. Yeah. And then his, like, sugar water would spill out of his head and the kids would get all hopped up. Yeah. And I was just like, God, that's so fun. <laughs> this little story in between... The, the stuff I'm watching yeah. someone has to that's a job like someone has to make that I mean I didn't know it was like advertising per se yeah. I knew it was an ad but I didn't know like
0: you didn't know what it entails what
1: it yeah. entails and what what how that um how that profession happens but I did know there was a group of people making those things and I wanted to be part of it and so I um when I when I got out of school I sort of just like pounded the pavement trying to get my hooks into the advertising industry it's in some way. And I started in like beer promotions for Miller. Uh, then I got into, I went to a design firm. We were designing stuff for banks, like the signage that you see hanging in banks. So I was kind of like trying to find anything that was, vertical, that right? was kind yeah. of tangential to advertising. Yeah. And then I got uh, an advertising gig and sort of, where we were doing, you know, all the the advertising you would think of, T V, yeah. radio out of home that was, you know, before social media. And uh just sort of worked my way and did a lot of different parts of it. I did, you know, strategy, I did production, I did brand management, which is like relationship management. And so I did a lot of different areas working at probably like five different agencies. When did you
0: start working in these agencies? How young were you when you started these Uh, jobs?
1: I was uh, twenty-one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I would learn like what what I liked about the culture of the place I worked. I would learn what they were doing well. I would learn you know I I'd literally like keep a notebook of like I love this about this place. I hate this about this place. I love this about the structure. I hate this about the structure. And I would just sort of study it and learn what I what I liked and didn't like and then I, um, I started a production company uh, that was my for my first venture where it was just me and I would make um, long-form content uh, for like Adidas and Levi's and Xbox and then we would um, I had a, a, a partner who was in Atlanta and I was in San Francisco at the time okay. and it was just us two and we sort of did did everything from the idea to the production to the invoicing to the you know mailing to the uh getting the clients and after about a year and a half of that i just like couldn't do it because it was (laughs) was just like exhausting i
0: get it man (laughs) it's it's hard to be a one or two man show it's really hard so i
1: shut that business down and then um, what year is it now at this point uh, this is probably like two two thousand maybe
0: i like my mind works chronologically for whatever yeah maybe
1: maybe like two thousand and eight or nine. All right, generally. Like okay. Yeah, so around, about ten years ago. Around that around that uh yeah. time. Um no, that's not true. Two thousand and four. Okay. This was two thousand and four. Gotcha gotcha. Then in two thousand and five I sort of shut that down. Then two thousand and six um I I kinda had took this production company and my friends had a digital agency that made like banner ads and, and content like that. Okay. And we sort of came together and uh i have two uh, three other partners tommy means uh pete Cave, and ian kavalic and we started this thing mechanism we kind of rebooted it that was 2006 so uh, I want to I want to step I, in real yeah, quick, sure, not to ahead. get
0: too far ahead of ourselves, but I'm already hearing some of the the qualities, the habits that you preach in your book right. coming out in your story, right? Yeah. The power of collaboration, yeah. like you, and then also skill seeking, right? Yeah. Uh, you you went out there and you developed skills for yourself. You tried different things and you started getting good at certain things, yeah. and you developed these skills that made yourself interesting to other people, right. and then you collaborated with these people that complimented you. That's right. right yeah. And there's so much power in this. Yeah, and yeah. I get we'll unpackage that more later, but I just had to bring it to No, I think
1: that's great. I mean, it's really good call out is it's exactly what I was innately doing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't planned, but I did try a lot of different things uh, to be really well rounded um, so I could be a value. Yeah. And then uh, I realized I couldn't do it on my own. I had to the, the collaboration imperative kip kicked in, I had to have other people to work with or I was going to lose my fucking mind. Yeah. Uh, it's just too oh much. God, what have- you're saying to me is resonating <laughs> yeah, so yeah. much.
0: Uh, the other people to work with cause you'll lose your mind Yeah, driving around the country right now for the past yeah. two years. I'm just thinking to myself, I need people to work with yeah. like you, we need people to work with. We're hardwired to work with. People. We are, yeah. So keep going, keep going.
1: Yeah. Cause the, when I started that thing, I was like, I can do it on my own. Yeah. I had something to prove. I had a chip on my shoulder Uh, I thought, well, like, I don't, don't, what if I got a partner and I didn't like that partner? Like, uh, you know, I decided that I would, uh, hey, I can, I'm smart enough. I can do it on my own and I'm gonna do it my way. And then, you know, when you get exhausted and you are like, have anxiety and you don't know what to do and you have no one to talk to and you have uh, only one answer that you come up with, that's when I, you know, realized I couldn't do that anymore. And then mechanism mechanism came out of that and yep. that's 2000 and 2006. Okay. So,
0: and then sense, I mean, you've worked with some incredible yeah. brands, Ben and Jerry's, uh, uh, Pepsi. The, the list keeps going on and on. let's uh, keep going. Yeah. Going yeah. There. We do,
1: uh, we do Disney, all, right? Yeah. We, we worked with, yeah, we like worked with the, Disney. Yeah. We do, we do Peloton. Now we do Charles Schwab. We do food network. HBO. We do food network. We, um, are doing some work with Spotify. We do, uh, work with uh, Miller Coors. I mean, Point we have being, we have like homeboys legit. Yeah, we have like oh, <laughs> well, we got th- thirty-two brands uh, that we work with. Two hundred people, four offices. We got offices in SF, New York, Chicago, and Seattle. I mean, it's, uh, it's also so. super
0: inspiring too to hear. And we always look at people who are successful in whatever endeavor. We're like, wow, it must be nice, right? But you started where everybody else starts right and and just continue to, to show up right and work hard and surround yourself with people that can help you get to where you're going and here you are you know yeah um, yeah i
1: mean it was a it, it sounds awesome but it's there's a lot of twists and turns <laughs> and nightmares exactly and, you know not making payroll and almost going bankrupt and you know there's there's a lot of those stories uh that we can unpack now it's like Oh, we got all these clients and we got all we got money and we've got uh, nice offices. It doesn't happen overnight though. No, I mean it took. Push. Yeah, that took like it, it literally probably took a decade yep. to get to the point we are now.
0: You That's know? awesome. Yeah. So what was your inspiration for this book? What, at one point when you're like, I gotta write this book? Like how, what what sparked the the initiative?
1: Okay, well this sounds kind of cheesy, right? But I'm uh I love reading uh business books. And as I was reading, a lot of them that were in the sort of selling or pitching genre. The
0: old way of doing things, kind of.
1: Yeah, I realized that I was like, I don't fucking do any of this. Like, <laughs> the, like the mirror and matching your audience, you know. So like, like matching
0: people sitting across. What are they doing? Monkey see, monkey do. Monkey That's see, it, monkey
1: yeah. do. And like their the way their volume is or tone, you try to match that so that you seem like you're uh you know, same same, yeah, or the idea uh you know, the idea of getting to a yes or letting the other person dominate the conversation and talk about themselves um there there's elements of like how to win friends and influence people and in, and books like that, yeah, but they're really antiquated. They're using like the same playbook from the 1920s. It's not coming from a soulful place. It's not coming from a soulful place of uh, it's, it's coming from a transactional place.
0: It's the difference between persuasion and manipulation, right? Totally. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. And so I wanted sort of, um, I never like characterized the way I, I have built my business or built relationships. Um, but I knew that I did it, did it a little bit differently and I had a different philosophy and when I hear things like always be closing, I'd be like, that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> like that, like always yeah. be closing is the end of end of it. Because if someone has a bad experience and you're closing just to get a transaction, you're yeah. never going to see that person. Again. The
0: wealth comes from the repeat visits, right? The, that's like, right. And the recommendations. So if you're burning yeah. bridges left and right, you might have like a short sprint of success, but before long people are going to say, do not go to that person. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And
1: when you get a no, I always think of like when I get a no, I always hear, well, oh, that's a no for right now. I'm, play- I'm playing a long game. I'm going after yeah. them and building a long-term relationship. And somewhere down the line, it's going to pay off. Yeah. And it's not about pressuring or getting to a yes or getting that one transaction. It's about building relationships over time that will pay off. Mm. And so I-, I had philosophies like that, which is a little bit different in the in the advertising business, which is pretty um, fucking competitive. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a knife fight. I'm yeah, sure the I restaurant business is the same. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, plus I would say that the people in the advertising realm kind of yeah. have the reputation of like a lawyer, like, yeah. you know, don't trust them. Right. right it's all about what right. you're saying earlier. Manipulation. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: And so, um, as I read those, I, I com- I sort of put down my principles into four, Four buckets. Um, I don't know if you want me to talk about them now. No, or, actually, we'll, okay, we'll, we'll save for that then. for a teaser. Right. But I do want to
0: reflect on what yeah. you just said. Yeah, one sure. of the reasons why I'm so excited to share this book with my listeners, yeah. and we see it all the time. Um, people are very reactive by nature. We're fear-based, yeah. right? We react. We're fe- we're fearful. We we always need to. We're weary because that's how we got to this point. Yeah. That's how we survive. our survived. Our um, species survived. And I think that we you see it in how we market our businesses, right? Like we're we're trying to do like the latest thing here and now. Like gotta be on uh, Snapchat. Gotta be yeah. on uh vine, gotta be on whatever it Twitch. is, you know, exactly. Yeah, Twitch, yeah. TikTok TikTok, yeah. right? And we're just like reacting, 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 doing all these things because we feel like if we don't do them, then we'll miss out. We'll miss out or we won't be relative or relevant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean, I think it's good to like leverage these tools to get in front of our guests. And like, there's no denying the power of social media. But what matters most is what the stuff we're going to talk about today, the long game. What do yeah. people think about you? That's right. When, when you're going to really win over business isn't on social media. It's on the best social platform that, that exists, your dining room floor. Yeah. right. The people that are right in front of you take care of those people and show them that you care and play that long game, care for them. That's persuasion. That's going to make them want to come back when you have those yeah. relationships. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think, um, to add on, to piggyback on that, we, we live in an age of distrust. And yeah. so like people have a very high bullshit detector. And when you're going into things, there's always already a sense of like, this person's out to fuck me. You know, this yeah. person's out to screw me over. And so, um, the way to combat that is to have character and build trust with someone. And yeah. when you build trust with someone, everything can flow from there. Yeah. But if you don't build that trust, uh, there's there's no break. You know, yep. you're gonna be disconnected. And we just live in this time of you know fake news mm-hmm. and um, phishing scams and who knows what Alexa's listening to when you're talking. <laughs> like you know, there's just this thing yeah. of like. Of distrust. You know, you see what's happening in uh, in politics, like the the House thinks this, yeah. the Senate thinks this. Because I can't, I can't of help it. but
0: think about that chef that you mentioned yeah. in your book. Uh, what's his name again? The chef that uh, havoc the van that stopped traffic in England and he did everything based off of a handshake.
1: Yeah, uh, Shep Gordon. Yeah. yeah. Shep Gordon was the manager. He kind of started the celebrity chef craze. Yeah.
0: We're not, it's not Chef Gordon Ramsey. We were talking. No, about, no. Right? Shep, chef Shep. S H S H E P. Yeah. Yeah. Confused there, yeah. yeah Shep Gordon. Yeah.
1: And yeah, he, uh, he, th- that wait, what was the point on him?
0: Well, you were just, just yeah. talking... I lost my train. I thought you were yeah. just talking about the power of trust, right? Yeah. And that he didn't do oh, any yes, yes contracts or anything like that. It was all based off of a, a handshake. And the point that I was going to make is the power of trust, the speed of trust. Yeah. When people trust you, things yeah. move much faster. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a great book out there called The Speed of Trust that was written by... Um, the who, the son of the guy who wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective yeah, People yeah. something R Covey I think it's like Stephen something okay. else Covey cool. they, they both have the name Stephen but I'll link to that book in the the show notes in the oh, show that's notes awesome. the speed of trust it's really powerful
1: yeah so, yeah and so like yeah this guy Chef Gordon was you know he managed the careers of Alice Cooper he worked with Jimi Hendrix he's where he he worked with Blondie like worked with a lot of um, famous acts and then he sort of started that like celebrity uh, chef angle and he um you know he uh well he worked with uh wolfgang and yeah, emerald yeah. and sort of started that like name mm. uh chef name thing and he his whole career he would never uh do contracts he would just do a deal with a handshake mm-hmm. and he said and then that formed and that's why he had such long relationships and he and he still represents some of those uh, same people today.
0: He's still around today. Maybe he's yeah. somebody I can get on this show. Yeah. Oh yeah. He would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. He's
1: in, He lives in Hawaii, so yeah. that'd nice. be fun well, to travel good to. Good excuse. Um, but uh, he is this. Uh, you know that philosophy of if if I'm not if you don't want to work with me and I'm not doing a good job and I don't want to work with you, it doesn't matter what it says on paper. You know, what matters is how we feel about each other and the handshakes just as good as a contract. I love it, man. So we're going to take our first
0: break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back to kind of dive into the principles that you set out in this book. And uh, we're going to share five of the 11 habits you share in the book. Yes, sir. Imagine if processing invoices was as easy as snapping a photo with your smartphone. Oh my gosh, that'd be nice. Well, with margin edge, it is that easy. You snap a photo of the invoice and margin edge takes it from there. Every line item in every handwritten note is captured. Margin edge then integrates with your POS. So each day, you know, everything you bought and everything you sold with margin edge, you get a rolling P and L with drill down capabilities and it flows effortlessly to your accounting system of choice. That's pretty nice. So what does this mean to you? It means you can run your restaurant without the massive paperwork nightmare. It means getting your team back to creating memorable experiences for your guests. It means having your purchase and sales data in one place immediately for effective and rapid decision-making. So if we have your attention, go to me.marginedge.com slash unstoppable. because you are restaurant unstoppable listeners, you can enjoy Fifty percent off your first year. Go to me.marginedge.com/unstoppable. All right, we're back, and why don't you start by just kind of going super aerial? Like, what, what's the yeah. the approach in this book? Like, give us the framework of the book.
1: Yeah. So the the overarching framework is I didn't want to just write a book that was about my opinion. Yeah about persuasion. I wanted to use a lot of research, pop culture references and my own personal stories. And then I wanted to create a framework that people could follow. And each um, chapter, there's 11 chapters. Each chapter is a habit. So there's 11 Mm. habits, Mm. um, 11 habits that make anyone a master influencer. And and the way I coin influencer is someone that is able to persuade others, um, has influence over others. And the, the macro view from those pulling out of those 11 habits, There's four principles, and the first one, I'll give you a quick overview, is original. And that's all about leaning into being yourself. Mm -hmm. It's not about matching your audience. It's not about you have your work persona and then you have your personal persona. It's all about... Uh, putting that all together, yeah. not compartmentalizing, but being who you are, being your original self, leaning into your quirks and your yeah. values. Just list the sections yeah.
0: real quick and then as we're going through, we'll, we'll dissect the meaning. Of okay, one cool. Yet.
1: Right on. So there's four principles, original, generous, empathetic and soulful those four original generous empathetic
0: soulful i love it so um why did you choose those four main groups like is that were those like the main categories when you were just brainstorming like where am i gonna go with this um those those actually
1: came to me before the habits okay and those came to me as sort of um the overall values that i hold dear if i only had four those would be the four Mm. and that's the way i operate through you know, per- personally and professionally. So
0: you narrowed down your values to four, which again yeah. are original, generous, empathetic, and soulful. Yeah. And again, I'm, only because I just read. Uh, and this this time is for you to shine, but near again near Eyal, Uh the yeah. value of values, right? Yeah. When you're trying to live intentionally, and not yeah. be distracted when you when you write these values down, you can balance every decision you make off of these values. Like, right. what am I doing today? Does it line up with my values? Then no. Like next thing, right? That's right. Uh, and I love those values. Yeah, yeah, those yeah. Are cool. Awesome. Right. So I think let's let's start with original. Um, again, just summarize what you mean by original. Why why that's one of your values? Yeah. The
1: the basic thing around original is um. You know the Oscar Wilde quote: "Be your be yourself. Everyone else is already taken." Mm. Like it's basically that philosophy. Like lean into being yourself. Uh, oh, know what your likes and dislikes are, and and show those to people. Don't yeah. be afraid to show a little psychic skin. Exactly. And, you know, let yourself out there. Op- open the kimono of who you are. Be vulnerable. Yep. But put put yourself out there. But put your true self out there, yeah. not your. <clears throat> not your camouflage self. Yeah. You know?
0: And I think this, uh, the summary, um, really kind of comes out the summary of, 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 being original, that core value or that, yeah. that, that section of original comes out in the first chapter, turn and face the strange, which yeah. is the first habit. Again, we're going to be talking about five of the 11 habits yeah. that Jason shares in his book. And the first one, turn and face the strange. So, you want yeah to so to that?
1: yeah sure, so turn and face the strange really comes from um as when I was growing up I, I was a huge david yeah. Bowie fan uh, If you walk by my office <laughs> later you 'll see like Bowie we
0: 'll take some photos of that Bowie so paraphernalia all, all over the place yeah.
1: but uh, but um to me um and his story was he actually his first job was at an advertising agency, then he went to become a a musician. And he got a recording label. And what was popular at the time was like Bob Dylan, like folk music. And um, his name was was, um, David Jones, not David Bowie. That was his actual name. And he recorded songs that sounded like Bob Dylan, but it was like something you had already heard. Mm -hmm. And those albums didn't sell. He cut his contract. He went to... I
0: think uh, it's it's important to mention that during this time, people were telling him to do things... Like what he was putting out, right, yeah, he was trying it, to be like other people it's the
1: exact example of um, uh, uh, not of not being yourself, he was doing what others told him to do because he was mirroring what was popular yeah. at the time he was mirroring the um
0: what was successful
1: what was successful at the time, and similar like in the restaurant business you if you just copy the same thing that's across the street or you copy whatever the flavor of the month is, it's popular. You're not leaning into expressing yourself you're, and what you're, what you really care about. Yeah. These right?
0: things that you, how you express yourself, what's near and dear to you are your unique selling propositions, that's right. right? That's what separates you from other people. And
1: you have to lean it. You have to, you have to hug those, yeah. you know, you have to hug the weird parts of, of yourself yeah. and not push them away. And yeah. I think, uh, when, you know, David Bowie like went on a journey and he went to a Buddhist monastery he studied mime. He did some experimental arts lab. Then he came back, uh, sort of transformed as David Bowie, and he created, you know, you weren't sure if he was man or woman or transgender.
0: This is like 70s, right? Yeah. So, so this he, is a, like, that's really a unique song of proposition. Yeah. yeah he back just there. went, he
1: just went like cutting edge because yeah. he felt like those characters were inside him yeah. and that was an expression of himself. And then it came out through his original music. And, you know, he's one of the best selling artists of yeah. all time and, you know, is, is a legend Yeah, because he did it his own way and he did what was inside of him, not what was um, uh, asked of him of other people Yeah, or not what he thought he thought, thought he should be doing. He did what he wanted
0: to do. Exactly. You use kiss uh, a, yeah. as an example too, in this chapter, I believe, or in the section at least. Yep. And the whole idea is like, kiss music isn't that good. No, it's terrible, but <laughs> they are so wild and so freakish that yeah. like, That alone is enough to get attention. Yeah,
1: that the the kiss thing is really about the power of storytelling. Yeah, because they they were getting an extra. uh, Yeah, this is an extra one. So (laughs) so this is another one. Yeah, the 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 um, transformative power of storytelling. It's very persuasive. So they were playing um, in clubs in in New York City to like ten people, Mm. and they you know long haired rockers, mediocre music, same music. Yeah, they. Brainstorm came up with a story and a mythology. They created the demon, the cat man, the, the spaceman. Uh, um, uh, who's the other one? Uh, don't look at me. No, the demon, the cat <laughs> spaceman. Oh, the, guy with the tongue. The, yeah, he's the, he's the demon. Okay. Um, and they, they created myth mythology, and they created a look, and they kept to that story. Yeah. You you saw that they were always in their makeup. They yeah. created performance art, and so when you went to a show, I was in the Kiss Army. <laughs> when you went to a show, it was always a good time. The music was sort of secondary, yeah. but it was just because you're around with other people. You're, you're around, yeah. you create this community, yeah. and and um, you, I mean, we would call radio stations and get them to play Kiss songs because <laughs> they didn't think the music was good. Yeah. Um. So without story – and this is similar in a restaurant business – without a story of why you exist or what the purpose uh, of the restaurant is or um, your unique proposition – you're just a, you know, mediocre rock band playing to 10 people. Ugh. When you create a mythology and a story and a backstory and why it's, why it's there and you, you let people use their imagination, you know, you create, that's the, you, you persuade, that's the power of storytelling. Awesome. Sweet. So yeah. we,
0: we can now say there's going to be six habits. All right. Uh, that's, <laughs> so we did one, we did two, we did two. Yeah. yeah uh, and just kind of, a come full circle. The reason why I chose turn and face the strange is, yeah. is one of the habits to cover today because it's something that comes up a lot on the show and it's not really, you kind of call this out in your book you don't want to think of yourself as a brand, but at the yeah. same time, your restaurant, I say it all the time. Well, your is, restaurant's a brand. Well, your sure. restaurant is an extension of who you are, but yeah. every great restaurant's a great person. Yeah. So you, you need to be willing to dive into those, those quirks that that's strange, right? Yeah. Cause that's going to be your unique selling proposition and it's going to help you show up to work better every day when you're, when you're, Place of work is an extension of who you are. That's true. You like you don't have to put on that persona. Like it was probably tough yeah. for Kiss to show up into those those uh that, that outfit every day. yeah just, sure you know yeah. that was a lot yeah. of work that's a lot um, of work yeah. But when you show up and it's an extension of who you are, it's that yeah. much easier. Right? That's true. Yeah, and um, uh, I just wanted to point that out. So I like that the the now moving over to the the second uh, section is that yeah. we call it in the book sections principles principles. Thank yeah. you. Uh, the second principle, generous. What do you? What? Why was that one of the principles that you choose? One of your core values.
1: So generous. Um. Is a way and a view of the world mm-hmm. that is um, trying to give away uh, at, at all turns, and that's it's about habitually becoming a generous person, and and you know the the habit out of that is give yourself away, mm. and it's the idea that um, wherever you see a moment, whether it's someone calling you for advice, maybe in the uh, restaurant field, another another owner restaurant owner that has a a problem and wants your advice on it or whether it's um it's when you know when i buy books now i always buy two extras if it's a book i like and i think about someone that could benefit from it and i send it to them Mm -hmm. and so this idea of of just habitually being generous with your time sometimes it can be giving Uh, stuff away with your advice. That's how you build like really, really solid relationships. And it's not a, um, I scratch your back, you scratch mine mentality. It's, you don't expect anything in return. You give away habitually without expecting anything in return. I'm not saying like give away money and, you know, be a dumbass and like lose your savings. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, be a like come at it from a generous standpoint that you're there to help others. Yeah. What you say yeah. in the
0: book is that you try to every encounter you have, you try to give yeah. value, right? Right, and you list a bunch of different ways you can give yeah, yeah. value. Yeah, like, yeah. Are any of those coming to mind right now? Uh, you said mention giving in the book. You can yeah. give gifts, right? Yeah, g- uh,
1: gifting, um, being. I mean, I always talk about it as as giving giving time. So when I was I would always, if someone wanted advice for me in the advertising business, I would I wouldn't do it because I felt like so the generous is something I had to learn how to be. It didn't come naturally to me. That's why. Why didn't you
0: do it back then? What was re, what was the resistance?
1: The resistance was I felt like um, to be successful, I had to hold everything close to the vest. It's exactly yeah.
0: like one of the reasons why I started this podcast. Yeah. I think a lot of people instinctually feel like that. It's a yeah. fear, yeah. but it's a stupid fear because it's it's the adverse of that is what will help you become successful. Generosity. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, I would, um, I'd be like, well, the, these are either, these are my contacts or this is my knowledge or, um, this is my secret sauce and you can't have it cause it's a competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. And when I sort of switched that mentality and I learned to give things away, uh, like time, like advice, like connections, mm-hmm. you know? Hey, I'm I, I'm stuck. I need this thing. Oh, call this person. He'll, he'll hook you up. Mm-hmm. That just, um, not only does it uh, generate goodwill and karma, somehow those acts come back to you with compound interest. Mm-hmm. Like it just does, it does. You
0: can't and, track it though. And I can't because, track it. Yeah.
1: And I can't tell you, um, you know, uh, a million examples. But I will say, I mean, I can give you one example. I'll give you one example of it. Um, which I talk about in the book, which is the million dollar hoodie. So I met, uh, this is, we've had Ben and Jerry's for like six years. I met a guy at a conference named Jay Curley. And um, I thought, I just thought he was a cool guy. He worked at Ben and Jerry's. I was, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to get to Ben and Jerry's business. I wrote him a note, gave him some uh, mechanism hoodie, a hoodie from our company that uh, was cool. I thought he, I thought he'd like it. And I just thought he was a cool dude. That was, Basically, it. He wore that hoodie. They're up in Burlington, Vermont. He wore that hoodie, has a mechanism logo on it. Um, Ten months later, they decide they want to fire their agency that they've had for like eight years, yeah. and they're looking for a new agency. And he looks down and he sees like our logo. He's like, "Ah, oh, we'll throw him in the mix. Yeah. You know, like it can't hurt. Uh, I got this hoodie, and he threw us in the mix." And we ended up winning the business, and we still work with them today. So it's not just a million-dollar hoodie. That one hoodie, that one action, that one act of generosity without expecting anything in return – you know, now it's probably been like an $8 million. Yeah. I can't
0: help but think of Tony Shea. Yeah. I think Tony Shea is the founder of Zappos, right? Yeah, River he is. Yeah, is he is. Book. Yeah. In that book, he talks about uh, contact points, connection. Like, in, in, it's, in, it's in reference to the, the, the spaces he builds for his offices. He tries to get people to bump into each other. Like, there's only one entrance. Uh, I, and the reason I is have, that, to, I have read yeah. that. Yeah, so like true. you're bumping into the people you work with. It yeah. forces people to connect on a yeah. human level. Right. But this is kind of just an example of that in the sense yeah. that when you When you put your stuff out there, when you're good to people you're you're creating opportunities for your brand for your name to bump up against other things, other people right? that's right, yeah, so it's the same idea, and like you just put yourself out there, and because of that, you're creating channels to come back that's right? right and the only way the best way I can think of how to explain how this works is you gotta make deposits before you can you know get before you can take a, what's the word? Debits. De- yeah. Right. Yep. You got to put things in before you can get things out. Sure. Um, you don't want to track it. Like we said, but, but you, the, the way it works is you have to give before you get Yeah, right. It's the only way the world works. You have to exhale before you can inhale.
1: I like it. Right. I like it. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I, 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 I mean that, and again, like some of these um, principles and some of these habits will come naturally to your audience, to people. Um, but some of them you can learn and anything that you repeat and you change the way your mindset and the way you think can become habitual over over time. And yeah. now, now I just do that like instinctly. If someone wants a connection, I'm there. If someone needs my time or advice, I'll figure out how to yeah. meet with them. Uh, I think about uh, the people in my life or people I want to meet and something that might speak to them. Yeah. Um. So it's it's just a, a really good habit. And give yourself away does pay off. Like you will you will succeed. Much more by by having that flow is there
0: any science behind this to back up this this habit? Um, I know because you 're all about the science yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Soul.
1: um there is a uh, i'm not sure if there's a study on this one uh that that I covered um no i don 't think there's science. there's one that I can think of okay
0: um and it's c- kind of back to like evolution and why yeah. we are the way we are yeah um we 're hardwired to collaborate and work yeah. with people right, yeah. And when you come off as somebody who is generous and who, who somebody you can work with, right? Like we, we are tribal. We're going to go back to those people. Right. I mean, it's not really science, but it's kind of like the evolution of us. Right. Right. Um, I mean, I think there must be a connection there. I'm assuming. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. uh, I
1: think there's, I think we're, we all, um, crave the same things as humans. You know, we all crave like that human connection. Yeah. And, um, Making those connections and building those relationships just is is what we need in our life you know you can't do it on your own so we've covered two. yeah two, two three, of the, three. well bonus one
0: we covered three habits yeah. and two of the um, oh, right. values or the principles, principles right yeah, yeah so we're gonna take a quick break to thank our sponsors one more time and then we're gonna crank out the last two principles empathy and soulfulness and then uh we have three uh habits underneath those. Uh, sections or principles that we're going to. unfold. All right. We'll be right back. It's the entrepreneurial myth, and I'm sure you're familiar with it. It's the idea that when you open your own restaurant, life is going to get easy because you get to do exactly what it is that you love, whether that's front of house or back of house. And then reality kicks in, right? You've got to do all this other stuff that comes with owning a business like taxes, HR, payroll, really boring stuff that's where Gusto comes in. Gusto makes payroll taxes, HR actually easy for small business. And if you want to add on 401k or health benefits, it's a breeze. Those old school clunky payroll providers just were not built for the modern small business. Not to mention you, you've got to compete with the big guys, but how do you compete with the big guys when you don't have big guy bucks? Well, with Gusto, that's how. Get back to doing what it is you love and let Gusto handle the rest. And because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you'll get your first three months free when you run your first payroll. That's Gusto.com slash unstoppable. Again, Gusto.com slash unstoppable. I'm sure you felt it before, right? That pressure, that intense pressure to have your restaurant website on point, but you should have that pressure. You should feel this way because your restaurant website is so important. It is your first impression and it represents your entire brand. But here's the thing. You're not. A web developer, you're a restaurant owner, so how can you be held to these standards? Well, with Bento Box, that's how. Bento Box empowers you to own your presence, profit, and guest relations, all with full support, integration, and Analytics and here's something that's really great about Bento Box is that it prioritizes website accessibility. So with Bento Box, you can get a certified accessible restaurant website that follows ADA guidelines and supports your business because this is how you show your people you care. Beyond that, Bento Box websites drive 70% more traffic. They see seven times more conversions and get five times return on investment. What else can I say? Well, how about over. 5,000 restaurants in all 50 states and around the world are using this platform with its suite of tools. Head over to get com slash unstoppable. And when you use that link, you'll save 50% off your setup. Again, that's get bento G E T B E N T com slash unstoppable. We're back and we're going to dive into the third principle Empathy or being empathetic. Why did you choose that as one of your values?
1: One way that I became successful is connecting with people and sort of treating people like there's no second class citizens, both with the company that I'm building and when I work with clients or customers. And so this idea of uh, we're all on the same playing field really helps you think about the other person and it helps humanize and relate to the other person. And today... Without empathy, we are so um, sort of in our own silos, and we, you know, when when you think of um, like this is a this is a good stat. So in 1964, they did a study that had how many like if um, if you had a kid and you were a Republican, would you want, let them marry a Democrat? If you had a kid and you were a Democrat, would you let them marry a Republican? And six percent of those parents. Uh, said they would they would have an issue with it. Yeah. Right? And then they did the same study from nineteen sixty four to two thousand and six and the numbers came back at sixty four percent.
0: Damn. I so, don't think it'd be the other way around, but I guess not. What do you mean? I think back then people probably would have been more left or right. But it's they a, they were, but they understood. That's
1: the idea of empathy. They yeah, understood the, the other, other side, side and, care, yeah. and they were like, "Okay, we have different views, but oh we we share the same values." Yeah. And today, it's like, "Okay, we have different views, and we're fucking nothing alike."
0: Yeah, you know what I mean. They're, and that, that's the difference. I think there's a lot of reasons yeah. why we're like that. Yeah. Um, I read. I can't remember where I read it, but there was something along. I think it might have been uh, to uh, eaters. Sorry, Simon Siddick's "Leaders Eat Last." He yeah, yeah that's in a good that one. book. Yeah, yeah he's amazing, talking yeah. about. Um, the reason why people understood each other back then is because they were forced to be in DC all um, what Senate members or whatever were forced to be in DC, right? So your neighbors, your yeah, neighbors are yeah. they're going they're, they're bowling together. They're going out to dinner together. Yeah. Their kids play together. So you were forced to be next to these people right. and to, to get their perspective and understand where they're coming from today. We're all isolated today yeah. in Senate. You just fly into Washington when you yeah. need to be there. Right. right. But back then we we're forced to be around people to hear their opinions. So, And I think the other thing now is social media and all these things like we're like we are we're isolated. We're we're getting our news feeds are just exactly what we want to hear. So it it makes us get even further apart. And then
1: when people have different opinions, we like cut them out or delete them or whatever. Yeah. I just had to share
0: that little bit bit of knowledge. I Um, love that.
1: uh, That uh, that uh, story. That was a great book. And this idea of, um, you know, we are all ninety nine point. 9% Nine percent the same DNA yes and there's point one percent that separates all of us and it's almost
0: all cultural right it's
1: but we at, we think everyone is so different mm. you know we think um, there's not that many friends that we have there's not that many people we like everyone has different views I only want to hang out with people with my views and that lack of empathy uh, in our culture I think is is killing us it's creating a lot of depression mm-hmm. and anxiety and loneliness mm-hmm. and I think um, empathy is just I mean that's a macro, the bigger picture of where we are in society. This sort of uh, we're 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 like jettisoned to our own tribes versus understanding and wanting to look at it from the other person's perspective, and so empathy also in a business is really really important. Not to be defensive, to understand what the other person is is trying to to achieve with whatever. Um, argument that you're having and you need empathy to be persuasive because you have to be able to humanize and see it from their perspective it's really really a critical tool and um, when you approach things as that 99.9 percent we all want the same things we all are um, have the same a similar experience in life we all want to be you know, safe, comfortable, have exactly. human connection, have relationships.
0: That's those hierarchy of needs, right? That's so right. Like those things are the what we all need. And when you think like that, yeah. the most basic needs yeah. it makes us much more much more relatable,
1: right? It, yeah, and then you understand. Well, if we're very similar already as humans, what's that thing that we we are like not seeing eye to eye on? What's that thing, and why would they feel differently? Let me get them to break it down. Let me get them to explain it to me so I can understand it. Yeah, instead of. um Just being like, fuck that guy or being defensive or they don't get it or that client's stupid or this customer sucks and they're wrong. Um, it's, that's, that's a way to switch your, your
0: mindset. The reason why I wanted to pick, the reason why I picked this uh, habit to bring to the conversation today is because empathy in the restaurant industry is so important. Uh, we need to understand, like sometimes our guests are just unhappy, right? And we ask, we have to like meet them where they're at. So it's not just like, I I get where you're coming, but we also have to like kind of match where they're at. We have to like, you know, that's, that's kind of where the monkey see monkey do comes in. Like, but we need to match they're the monkey that we see and we have to do what they want us to do. Right. Because maybe they just came from a funeral. Maybe they're celebrating something. So we have to empathize with, with each situation to, to match them where they're at. Um, And then the other thing is like, we get so pissed off sometimes in the restaurant industry when the guest is being unreasonable, but that's because we're not taking their perspective. Right. Um,
1: Yeah. I mean, there's going to be those guests that are just like, you know, uh, nothing's going to make them happy and you don't need to like, you just do what you can. Don't yeah. waste your time. Yeah. Uh, you don't need people like that in your establishment anyways. Yeah. You know, like if we have a bag, we're in a service-based business too. We clients hire us. We deliver a service yeah. of creating ads for them. Right. Yep. So we're in a, you know, it's all service-based business. If a client is uh, belligerent, making your staff, uh, putting your staff down, being a bully, you got to cut that person out. You know, you don't have to make every single one happy. We we've, we've fired clients before. You can you know, you have the right to kick customers out of your establishment. So it doesn't have to be everyone. But when there is a customer that has a complaint and instead of being defensive figure out what you can do what's behind it how do you how do you persuade them and win them over to be a lifelong customer not an unhappy customer at the moment there's ways to do that based on your character what you believe what your restaurant represents that's different from everyone else and and the task isn't just to get that customer happy and paid and out how do you actually turn that person into an ambassador for the restaurant it's an opportunity yeah yeah when with conflict there's an opportunity it's an opportunity to do something great that turns that person into a spokesperson Danny meyer calls
0: it writing the end of the story like sometimes shit hits the fan it's inevitable but it's what happens after that that wins people over how much do you care to make it right 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 um and when i think of empathy it's like whenever like we always see divides right it's, yeah. it's us versus them like the the server versus the guest the yeah. front of house versus the back of house and that us versus them mentality is a huge divide but empathy is the glue that brings us together that makes us understand and work as a team as a unit and yeah. I think that's what's really important when, when you consider the other person's perspective yeah that brings us closer together it, it's right. so powerful yeah, yeah. Um, so you give us uh, four ways to be more empathetic um, you say you talk about collaboration, yep. right? Um, so that's actually the the, the first habit yeah, yeah. that we're going to discuss, or not maybe not the first, but one of the habits yeah. you discussed. Yeah. The, f- the uh, fourth habit we're going to discuss here today right. is the the collaboration imperative. Right. Uh, how to be more collaborative? So where does collaboration fall under empathy? Why did you think of that?
1: Because I think
0: um, when you have.
1: Uh, when you have empathy and you see it from the other person's side, you start to collaborate and it isn't, you know, when you think of a disgruntled customer, don't think about it as us versus them. Yeah. Like don't set up that framework. That yeah. framework is doomed f- to begin with. Think about it as you're collaborating with that customer. You know, you're working together with that customer. Yeah. You're working together with the back of house, a server, whatever it might be. That collaboration mindset um, uh, destroys, uh, the us versus them mentality yeah. which is so dangerous you when you set up that framework it's going to be inherently a really bad situation because something's going to happen and it's their fault or yeah. something's going to happen and it's your fault Yeah. but the collaboration makes it no one's
0: fault it's those it's again going back to Stephen R. Covey and seven habits of highly effective yeah. people it's one of those habits uh, w- think win-win right yeah. and when you're collaborating you're win-winning right yeah. because I'm winning the guest is winning because they're going to get their food and they're going to be the, their experience, uh, yeah. and I'm winning because you're going to give us money and right. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, but have that same mentality. And the reason why I'm really excited about collaboration, I think a lot of restaurant um, the reason why I wanted to unpackage this, they look at their neighbors, like the, the restaurants in their community as a competition. But I've discovered that it's the people that look at their neighbors and the other restaurants as collaborators that are always on top. Right. And all the other restaurants look at those guys and go, those guys and gals and go, oh, they're a little clique. But the truth of the matter is that they're just open and friendly and they're willing to work and help each other out. Uh, But people that work together and collaborate always come out on top. But um, do you want to dissect that a little bit? Yeah,
1: so like I think, I mean, this is a philosophy, you know, I believe in playing the long game in relationships and not doing short-term transactions. um, And it's very similar in the collaboration imperative. And the idea is, you know, if you want to, you know, you've heard this before, but if you want to go fast, go alone. Mm -hmm. If you want to go far, go together Mm. and so you might get there faster by not collaborating with uh, other people in your industry but if you do want to collaborate you're going to go much much farther it's going to build you know it's going to build this sort of like um, team it's going to build this team then you're all on the same side and 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 i think the it is true and it's my example back to when my first business that i did by myself it grew really fast. I got there really fast, and then I burned out and flamed out, and, yeah. it, and I couldn't sustain it. This business took 10 years, and it's uh, with different partners and different, you know, leadership, leaderships at different uh, of our offices, and uh, we're, we're now we're in it, and we're going much farther than that first business. So, I mean, it's, it shows you right there.
0: I, I can really relate to this because I, I feel like I'm at that point that firewall where you were yeah. at before you decided to, to start yeah, yeah. over where like I've taken like restaurant unstoppable as far as I can on yeah. my own. Right. So like I, this resonates cause like I yeah. need to get out there and start collaborating with other creatives within this vertical. Yeah. And
1: um, you need to figure out, um, not to w- make this whole conversation. No, no, me, it's all good. It's I mean, the podcast, right well, podcasts are inherently collaborative. Yeah. yeah collaborative. And, but they're also inherently, uh, solo, right? Like yeah. there's a person that is always doing it. But creating that team around it and branching it out and taking Unstoppable to beyond the podcast, yeah, right? Yeah, like
0: only, I mean, I can't capture like all the video yeah. footage I'm trying to get, like all these other things. So go out there and find somebody who's a videographer who can see value in what I've created and right. I see value in what they've created, right. you know? And like, this is a collaboration right now. Like, I yep. want to be able to share this this knowledge that you put in your book like yeah. I would have if I read it by myself and just riffed. Like, I'm talking to you. Right. Totally. Like this is a collaboration. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So you give four. Um, ways on how to collaborate. Uh, the first one is ask for small favors and then we have ask for advice, give honest encouragement, and think outside the silo. Do you want to dissect any of those a little bit or maybe we can just touch on each one of these briefly? Yeah, sure.
1: So to- ask for small favors is really about the Ben Franklin effect, yep. which is um, when you feel like someone is your enemy, you yep. actually ask them for a favor and... Uh, all of a sudden they become on your side yeah. because you've, you've been vulnerable to ask them mm-hmm. for something versus being combative. So that's a, the, the their book explains that in much more detail. Right. What's yep. the
0: second? Ask for advice.
1: Yeah, ask for advice. Like don't, don't be afraid. Um, when, when you're building your restaurant and you're like, I'm gonna do it all on my own and I don't need any help. Don't I'm be lo- afraid <laughs> to go out there and find those mentors because you're gonna become a mentor and they're gonna ask you for it. Some new, new person's gonna ask you for advice. So yeah. it's that pay it forward idea but don't don't be afraid to put yourself out there. And when you when you reach out to people that you think are untouchable, you'll be surprised at how many people respond. Yeah. You mean like someone would reach out uh to me, not that I'm untouchable, believe me. <laughs> but someone would reach out to me in the industry, in the like coming up in the advertising industry uh, that I might not know and um, you think someone's getting inundated with like emails and they'll never get back to me, but you'd be surprised, uh, that people will. Like Shep Gordon, for example, from yeah. my book, he did a movie Superman. She lives in Hawaii. Um, I sent him an email, didn't, never met him before. He wrote me back and we had a conversation and you know, Sometimes your role models and your mentors will get back to you, and it's not as hard as you think.
0: And I think this is an example. You sitting across from me right now is an example. Yeah. Because I reached out to you. Yeah. You know, and you're a big deal at an agency, yeah. New York City author. And I was like, oh, what does it hurt to try? Right. Yeah. You know, so this is an, no, yeah. It and I was like, works. great. Sounds good. Yeah. Now you're here. So the, the, the last, next, yeah. What's the last uh, one? Give honest uh, encouragement.
1: Yeah. Give honest encouragement is the idea of, um, this is how you another way to be empathetic yeah. is um instead of uh screaming at someone and trying to bully them into doing something better uh just be be honest with them but make it encouraging and so um i, I we did this campaign i'll give you one quick example yeah. we did this campaign with joe biden uh called it's on us and we went to the white when he was in the white house it's a campaign to fight sexual assault and when we went in there um to meet with him He didn't say, um, you know, he didn't say, hey, why don't you, uh, you know, all you're doing is selling deodorant and ice cream. Like, it seems like a waste of of your talent. Well, Why don't you uh, do something good for a change, you know? Why don't you help do something good? He didn't frame it like that. He framed it as um, why, uh, as um, imagine if you took the power of advertising and create a change in culture. Wouldn't mm. that be amazing? So just that simple framing convinced me to do it versus the opposite of like, it. you know, and it's the same thing as like uh if your mom is like uh hey, you never you never call me. What's wrong with you? Like, uh, what, you know, it would be really great if you could call me every once in a while. I'm kind of annoyed about it versus you have a conversation with your mom and and she says, "You know, it always puts me in such a great mood when you call. I'm so thankful yes. for you. You know, it's yeah. like that turn and that approach yeah. just makes all the difference. And know? there's
0: one more. Uh, so again, these are the the four things we can do to, to be more collaborative. Yeah, yeah. The last one you said is think outside the silo. What do you mean by that? So
1: think outside the silo. I think um, this, okay, so you're doing this with your podcast, which is the perfect prime example of it. Okay. Is you have uh, 75% of, of people in the restaurant business industry yeah. on your podcast and then you have this 25 percent that can apply the advice to the industry that exactly. you're, you cover that's thinking outside the silo okay. it's not just i'm going to stick with this formula and this is my formula and it's set in stone it's thinking beyond mm. your industry or beyond your restaurant or beyond your staff and trying to get advice and information
0: and influence from
1: other oh, areas and collaborate with people that are outside. It just opens up the aperture.
0: I love it. Yeah. Awesome stuff. So we still have All right, cool uh, we have the last principle, which is soulfulness. Yeah and uh, two habits to cover underneath that principle, skill hunting and yeah. personal Jesus. Yeah. Uh we'll get into the details of that. And we have about eight minutes or six minutes yeah, left cool. together. So right let's uh crank this out. All right, cool. Soulfulness. What do you mean by that? So soulfulness to me
1: is really matching um a skill that you have with a purpose. And when you put those two things together, that's sort of where you can create like a legend or a legacy, you know what I mean? So soulful being soulful is understanding the skills that you're actually good at and then defining uh, a purpose or a reason that is beyond yourself something that it it gives something good to the world. And that is, that's how you become. And this is so
0: powerful. You're seeing it all the time with a lot of restaurants that are opening up. Now they open with their mission driven restaurant where the restaurant is obviously to be profitable and to serve food, but they bring attention to higher causes. And when you do that, you attract onto yourself the people that have the same values as you, not just, uh, not just uh guests, but staff members too. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: right. And so, um, Do you want me to just like rattle those two off? So yeah, we're going through
0: skill hunting first. What do you mean by that? So
1: skill hunting um, to me is something that I've been practicing for a while. And it's every two or three years, try to learn something different. So I would learn the bass guitar. Recently, I picked up boxing. Um, I'm now, I've done, I'm sort of still box, but now I'm going into like, I've never really done a lot. Of, it's interesting that I'm on this podcast, but I'm not a, I'm not a cook. Yeah. I'm learning how to, I'm teaching myself how to cook. Yeah. And that's going to be like, that's my skill for the next two or three years that I focus on outside of all the other hobbies or work or whatever life. And, and it's this idea of, um, learning new skills and hunting for new skills, um, keeps you fresh. It's not about hacking your way to a shortcut. It's not being the best at it. You know, it's not life hacking. It's, taking time to try to learn skills that you compile over time. And whether I want to keep cooking or not, at least now I'm like, oh, I understand how that works. Yeah. I understand how I understand what I watch boxing, how that works. I understand uh, as a musician, what, what it takes to be in a band and you just, oh, it opens up your view on the world. And it's just a simple formula that I follow, which is every two to three years, I'm going to try to not master, not be amazing at it, Understand a new skill. Yeah. And and that's just uh, an interesting. And why way, this resonated
0: with me, why yeah. I want to dive into skill hunting, because it comes up a lot on the show. Um, when you skill hunt and you develop these skills, yeah. right, you become a person of value uh, right. because you're, 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 all these skills are adding to your personal value. And when you're out there in the world, like when you were a young 21-year-old kid, you're yeah. trying to get all these different experiences to learn these new things. You're going to find your vertical eventually and right. you're gonna become really good at one thing that you have a natural inclination towards and other people are gonna recognize that right and they're gonna say well you're really good at these things I'm not good at those things but I'm good at these things over here that you need and you have what I need and that's where collaboration comes in right that's but, it's, but when you find these skills when you're skill hunting you're adding value to yourself then you can eventually get in a lane and stay in your lane and collaborate much better later on I love that yeah so that's why I wanted to talk about this we have to leave time for the last half Habit, and this is the sixth habit we're going to cover today, being a personal Jesus. It's a little uh, controversial, maybe for some people listening, but what do you mean by that?
1: Yeah, so um, uh, personal Jesus to me is all about um, what you're going to do, what is that value, what is the thing you're going to give back to the world that is bigger than you, right, that's bigger than your restaurant, that's bigger than my advertising agency. And so once you've developed those skills and you know what, you, what you're what you good at, um, there's a simple thing to do, which is you, you write down on a piece of paper um, your three skills that you know you're good at that you enjoy doing. Then you write down on another piece of paper three things that you care about. I don't know what that would be. It could be, um, I don't know, food waste, climate change, uh, gender equality. It could be uh, homelessness. It could be... Um, uh, getting to get helping people that have problems reading. It can be anything, right? Just something that you personally care about. Um, and then you, when you when you stare at those two pa- papers long enough, those three skills and those three things you care about, you're going to come up with an idea. Mm. And that idea could be tied to your restaurant. It could just be something you do personally. But that idea helps create soulfulness and helps you think bigger than yourself. Or whatever your um, um, goals are to make money, build your business. It gives you another layer. It gives you another dimension. It gives you more of a story. It makes you a more original and valuable yeah. person. And so I'll give you an example um, real quick, which is I I did a social good campaign. And then we started this thing called the creative alliance uh, coming out of that, which now has a hundred companies and advertising is very much like the restaurant business where, it's competitive. Mm-hmm. You you know when you go pick a restaurant, you're picking between the whatever restaurant you know, however many restaurants. When you are a brand, you're picking between however many agencies are out there. It's very competitive. You pitch ideas, somebody wins, a bunch of people lose. But this group that um, we created has a hundred companies, and they work together to do social good. So my skill was well, I know advertising, right? And I care about uh, issues, and I want to do social good. I want to solve. Uh, problems in the world, why don't I create a collection of agencies that can do that? And it's not just on me. So um, that's what we do. And it really has this sort of um, knives down, hearts out approach, which is very different for our business. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's similar to that uh, Washington DC uh, Seth idea, which is, well, when they were all living together, well, they understood each other yeah. more, you know, and yep. they still would not agree on things yeah. or they still compete. Your restaurants are still going to compete. But the idea of um, the whole and 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 understanding that you're all in this together is very, very powerful. So anyways, uh, soulfulness is really about finding yeah. your skills and then matching those against something that you care about and then doing something beyond Beyond yourself, yeah.
0: And this yeah. last habit again, uh, personal Jesus. When I when I think of what you just share with us, what comes to my mind is just inspiration, yeah. right? And the mission statement of Restaurant Unstoppable is to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. And we sh- we're sharing people's values on the yeah. show. That's really what I'm doing is I'm sharing their values. I'm, I'm giving a, that picture of perfection so you can r- raise rise to that level and inspire yeah. others around you and, yeah. and share those values. And when you when you work towards something you know, you're going to attract onto yourself something specific. That's going to make the world better. You're going to attract onto yourself. That's inspiring. You're going to attract onto yourself, the people you need. You're going to persuade those people much easier. Right. Definitely. Um, I've loved this conversation. Oh yeah. Likewise. And just to recap, um, there's four parts of this book, uh, original, generous, empathetic, and soulful. uh, And the sixth, uh, habits we covered today is turn, t- turn and face the strange storytelling, give yourself away uh, the collaborative or sorry, the cool. collaboration imperative skill hunting and personal Jesus. Uh, and there are 11 total habits. We're only covered six today's conversation. That's all we had time for. So be sure that you guys head out there and pick up Jason's book, the soulful, Art of Persuasion. And uh, how can we connect with you if uh, we want to learn more about your work? Maybe hire you. Maybe we're a big yeah, sure. restaurant group yeah, that yeah. has the bank to, to get an ad agency like yourself. What's the best way to connect?
1: Um, you can. My, uh, my email is just jason at mechanism.com. Uh, it's with a K, M E K A N I S M. And then I'm on uh, you know all the socials at, at jason underscore Harris. And then I have a website, uh, the soulfulart.com.
0: Beautiful. And this is yeah. episode six hundred and eighty-five. Head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash six eight five. I'll have a summary of today's discussion over there. Or if you just head over to Restaurant Unstoppable and search Jason Harris, you'll find the podcast. Um and again, Jason, thank you so much for taking the time to share your knowledge, and uh your wisdom in this book with us. There is no questioning, my man. You are unstoppable. I almost had you I, love it. I almost forgot to have you call somebody out. Uh I know you had one locked and loaded. That's okay how I found my feature.
1: Yeah, really. so uh I'm going to call out Chase Jarvis, who wrote a book that launched around the same time mine did, called "The Creative Calling." He runs something called Creative Live, which is a a place for um, people on, to learn online. It's basically like courses online for, for in the creative arts. And he is just also a soulful guy that cares a lot. That I think uh, your listeners could benefit Beautiful. from. Beautiful, chief. Chase Jarvis,
0: look out. I'm coming after you. I'd love to get you on the show. And again, one more time, there is no questioning, my man. You are unstoppable. Thank you so much. Thank you. There you have it. Another episode in the archive here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Jason Harris, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I hope you guys found value in today's chat. One more time, the soulful art of persuasion, the 11 habits that will make anyone a master influencer. Go check out this book. We only were able to get to, I think it was, uh, six of those 11 habits. And the book is great because he shares stories and he reflects on his life and how these, these lessons came, uh, to, to a head and why he chose these 11 habits. And, uh, again, there's Five more habits that we didn't even get to discuss today. And I'll say what I started with in today's episode is behind every great restaurant's a great person. And if you want to make it in this industry, you've got to play the long game. You've got to invest in relationships. You've got to have that open mind and you have to know how your mind works. You have to understand how other people work if you're going to persuade them. And this book will get you well on your way to becoming a master persuader and um, if you guys want to discuss this book or this episode remember that um, uh, there is the unstoppable restaurant owners and operators Facebook group that I am really just starting now to put energy into developing this community one of my goals for 2020 is to play the long game Uh, for the past six years I've been going like a madman meeting hundreds of incredible restaurateurs and trying to learn from them. And one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that you've got to play the long game, which to me means invest in the relationships you already have, invest in the people and the, the things you already have. Don't try to get more, make what you have even better. And that's why I'm putting energy into this, this community. Um, I'm really engaging. Like I've never engaged before, uh, create, You know, creating videos and communicating and, Uh, bringing my past guests into this community. If you want to connect with past guests and ask them questions, this is the place to do it. So head over to the show notes and make sure you subscribe or um, join the Unstoppable Restaurant Owners and Operators Facebook group. Also, uh, this was recorded. The video might not be up yet. We're still kind of catching up with the backlog, but if you do want to watch this video, then the way to do that is by subscribing to our YouTube channel. The goal will be eventually to be releasing these videos as they come live, but you might as well get over there and watch the 24 archived videos we've already edited, right? So get over there, subscribe, help me out. Let's build up that YouTube channel. And um, I think that's good for today. Thank you guys all so much for sticking around this long and until next time, peace out.